Welcome back to Phone Talks. I'm your host, Miriam Koyman, and you're about to listen to the fifth episode of the Talent Edition, in which I went into conversation with Hashem Shakiri. I have to tell you that we went through quite some trouble to record it, as connecting to Iran proved to be a bit of a challenge, but we did it, and we're happy to share this conversation with you. The starting point of our talk is an elegy for the death of Hamun, Hashem's ongoing series about the desertification of the province of Sistan and Baluchistan in the southeastern part of Iran. Lake Hamun is connected to Helmand Hirmand River, which begins in Afghanistan. The Afghan government has built extensive dams upstream from Helmand, preventing its water from reaching the lake in Iran. It has been suffering from drought for the last two decades, which has turned a once fertile region into a vast and arid desert. Hashem has traveled from north to south of this province to document the water shortage and drought, and the subsequent famine, unemployment, and depopulation it has caused. What really resonates from his photographs is the absolute silence of the region and its people who seem to live in continuous grief longing for life that has vanished from the soil. Maybe you want to take a look at his photographs first, before listening to this conversation, to really be able to grasp the feeling that his work expresses. And then, let yourself drift away in Hashem's storytelling. Thank you so much for participating in this, in this conversation, uh, Hashem. In Phone Talent 2020, we are presenting a selection of your series, An Elegy for the Death of Hamun which documents the vanishing of Lake Hamun, which is causing the region of Sistan and Baluchistan to turn into an infertile desert. And somehow the arid atmosphere, the silence of a place which is drained from life can really be felt in each photograph. Could you tell us something about how you've approached this place and how that is reflected in the way you have photographed it? Yeah, just before I start, sorry, because my English is not so fluent. I'm sorry in advance. And regarding your question, actually in my first encounter with this land, the idea of lonely human beings came into my mind and it was about the encounter of lonely, despairing people who, who had been defeated by this harsh, ruthless and infertile nature. The nature that was exploited by human beings in, 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 in the past and, and was now fruitless. The people who were struggling to provide for their basic needs and, and carry their, their dusty memories with themselves impressed me more than anything. For me, it was like traveling to the past. Time, time had stood still for years with the difference that everywhere and everything was dry and spiritless. I always thought about their legends, their civilization for thousands of years ago. This idea was so important to me that I thought in those early days, maybe the title of the project could be The Silent Forgotten People. The death of Hamun took those people's lives too and left whenever and, 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 and left them with a lot of memories and, and made them mourning and unhappy. Uh, whenever I had a friendly chat with everybody, they talked about their past. People have been waiting for the return of Hamun for years. Although before, before going there, I had increased my, my knowledge of, of the situation in order not to be shocked. For the first two or three days, I was completely restless and confused. 
At the same time, the images of the Pele of Waiting for Godot were with me and, and played an important role in shaping the project process and, and concept of my mind. And the past became smoother little by little. The wind, the soil, the waiting, and the hopelessness were all like a verse of poetry. And I was trying to find a poetic narrative. I wanted to recall people in their most waiting and confused condition in a state of melancholy and or metamorphosis in a state of distant past, mysterious and, and with, with some suspension. In, in, in the same process, I had both a digital camera and an analog media, media format camera. And, and there I decided to put away the digital camera completely. Although it was harder to use medium format camera, I prefer to use it because, because of the perspective that medium format camera gives me. I was looking for being still and, 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 and silent and I avoided any excitement. And the analog medium format gave me exactly the same atmosphere. It also gave me the opportunity to think deeper. Um, the, the main process of my activity was in the middle of bright sunlight and in order to, to escape from that and to show all my feelings based on my intuition from the area, I decided to take all of my photos in three to four steps of exposure, which was great after the first development of my film. And I made sure that I had chosen the right path, which is still with me. And of course, I must say that photography with film gives me this opportunity. It's so interesting, so interesting to hear that you actually went there with two cameras and then found out you know which camera suited the concept or the the thing you really wanted to document here best so it's super interesting to hear and um, you've been following the news on this region for years already uh, but what was it exactly that really made you connect to the story of Lake Hamun and that gave you that drive to go there yes the fact is that climate change and environmental crisis is one of the most serious pro problems, not only in Iran, but also in human life. Many of world's species are endangered in the way that nobody has ever seen before. And it is a very serious threat to the planet. All parts of Iran are involved in the environmental crisis. And I have traveled to many of these areas over the years, but the most important reason for me for, for, my, for my choice was that although this promise is the largest one in the country and its problems seem, seem to be much more difficult, they was heard less. And these issues are, are less covered there. And I, as a documentary photographer, was more unfamiliar with, with that place. And my information was limited to, to the superficial news that came from there. And I thought I would not have the right understanding until I saw there myself, because it is far from Tehran. And, and one of the most deprived and abundant promises near the borders of Iran, which shares a border with Afghanistan and Pakistan. And the way I thought about there was like others, which was a completely a stereotypical idea of poverty and water shortage in all, all this crisis. And I thought if I personally traveled to that area, my, my idea would change completely. And it just happened in the same way. It was not comparable to my previous idea. We, we really don't know much from there. 
my life in these years in those areas gave me a very very deep understanding before that with the superficial news that was given to us it was not understandable at all at all that i was discovering deeper layers of their lives and suffering in the first days i could not understand this amount of deprivation and crisis and i saw how their human dignity was going away i started my journey from the center of the province from zahedan and i started my journey from zahedan traveled more than 400 kilometers from sistan to northern part of the province to balochistan the southern area on the borderline and the more i saw the areas the worse my feelings got the situation there is awful and those people are deprived of water that is the most basic element of life and that's why they are deprived of their most basic human rights from health to educational and cultural services and also employment all these like unemployment and poor health condition have some results such as addiction and infectious diseases and in general and current human from himself in modern days has been one of my biggest concerns in recent years and and this line of thought has led me to this project and one more thing and i would like to mention that the title of my project is an energy for the death of hamun in fact the lake hamun is is located in the northern part of the province but i investigated and showed the environmental problems and crisis of all the province and because one of the most tragic aspects of this crisis was the drying up lake hamun for me i decided to use the same title it means i came up with a whole identity from a small component ah uh, yeah that's interesting to hear that's actually about a larger area than just the exact location of where lake hamun was to continue on that, you titled your series as an elegy. Would you say that there's still a sense of activism in your works to raise awareness, or are you rather documenting what's already a lost cause? So what, what is your motivation behind the creation of this series? I want to say that I would like to raise my awareness by leaving intuition and discovery and to increase my understanding of my society I need to to self reflect, rethink, and review myself and my project while I am working on social issues. I, I I like to understand exactly where I stand as an outsider or how how my look should be. I have I have to to criticize myself all the time to find out if if my awareness is true or not, and to find out how correct my approach is. In fact. My greatest motivation is the discovery of social structures that are hidden and practice of honest living and intuition during my work. I'm sure that, that if my own living is honest, this awareness will, will convey to both me and the audience honestly. If not, it's like trying to insist that my, my project has a message which I haven't received yet as a, as the curator of that. But yeah, but, but if I receive the message from my lived experience, the audience will definitely get it too. And there is no need to insist. 
For example, I started this project and tried to, to break the common stereotype structures. And unfortunately after me, a trend was formed that made the area more visible and more photographers went there and spread the voice of the people. The discussions and looks went much farther to Gatlin. I even tried to do the practical help as much as I could there, apart from photographing it. Now, the question that is on my mind is that if, if awareness of, of the work of art can bring about a collective action that, that results in a change in the material condition of human beings, does, does, does this changing in, in awareness uh, lead to collective action? Regarding this positive trend was formed and, and, the, and the fact that the news and in discussion about discussions about the region increased and I am still living there to reach some deeper layers. There are still no significant changes there at all. I see all those problems are still there. Now the question that remain here and, 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 and demands, demands different debates is that if awareness is going to change the material, uh, the material real, re reality of our lives on, on, on its own, on its own, this is the, this is the, this, this is the question that, that has, has really occupied my mind for a long time. And, and what is going to change with, with, with just these individual activities, not only there, but also the work. For example, we all know about the process of exploitation of the environment and climate change. Can we ascend against it by just informing and sending photographs and images? To what extent does the work I produce have the people of this land as the audience to what extent is it addressed to the Iranian people? To what extent is its audience, those who should hear and see, does the art market, which is a missing link in my country, work properly as the media and, and distributors, such as publication, critics, and exhibition that, that should transfer my work to, to the audience or not? How can I make? It changed when I can when when I cannot even present my work well in my country. Why is my work more promoted outside Iran than in my own country? But I need the people of my country to get familiar with my work first, so that we can think about what collective action we can take to remove the material and social structures that that make deprivation and poverty. What makes the process of, of removing deprivation and, and pover, pover, poverty at hand? Now we all know there is, there is no more water there. There is drought, poverty, and, and deprivation, making them have damaged her. But then again, why nothing has changed? In the next step, what can I do as an artist? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Wow, yeah, you are raising so many important questions that I guess a lot of artists might struggle with, or maybe not, because I also think that a lot of questions you raise are also specific to the context you work in. And maybe to take it from there, it would be interesting to, to take a broader look at your practice at large. Because for example, well, that dusty, arid atmosphere that is so characteristic 
to your photographs of the area around what once was Lake Hamun can also be seen in your series Cast Out of Heaven on the large state-funded housing project for people who cannot afford to live in Tehran anymore. And it's almost like there's a filter over the landscape that makes all the colors fade somehow, whereas the people in your photographs then often sort of pop out as sparks of color in the, in the dust. And could you tell me whether this is simply the atmosphere that defines the aesthetics of Iran in a way, or, you know, maybe just like the Dutch cloudscapes that are so characteristic to depictions of Holland in art history, or has it something to do with your use of the camera? Long story short, to what extent is this aesthetic your creation as an artistic choice or simply how Iran looks like through the lens of the camera? Yes, regarding your question about uh, how I came to, to this aesthetic, many people ask me the same question and you also mentioned it correctly. Uh, this aesthetic that, that I have reached, I cannot say in, in any way that this characteristic aspect is specific to Iran. And every, everybody sees in this way through the lens of every Iranian camera, not at all. This is, this is my artistic choice. The way I see Iran depends on, on my position in time and space and is not something that cannot be changed. This choice was, was made for me regarding the kind of encounter I have had in these two recent projects. And these two issues have been made for me because, because of the atmosphere. That atmosphere that I took from them in these two places at that time. And I didn't create them in advance in order to set up these two projects based on them. And I have to mention here that an elegy for the death of Hamun and Cast Out of Heaven are two parts of my trilogy. And again, I have to say this regarding color, which I personally don't know as the only component in my works, the form and the content are, are my main concerns which have started since the project be hunted in, in 2014. In the previous projects, colors are, are different, but I personally can find a, a connection and a line of thought that, that has evolved over time to reach this trilogy among all of them. I will definitely have different changes in my future projects according to my atmosphere, my feelings, and emotions and, and depends on my, ex, my, my new experiences. It is true that this, that this series of, of, of main themes and concerns may, may remain, but, but it's still depending on how I, I face the problems, my aesthetic will change. From, from my point of view, these issues are seen and, and my aesthetic will definitely change due to my, my maturity. This trilogy that, that, that I am working on is about three contemporary issues that have, that have occupied my mind and exist in Iran. But I just want to, to mention that these three issues are not specific to Iran. It is true that, that I am photographing in Iran, but three issues are completely universal. And I try to make sure that, that my approach is universal too. Maybe at the beginning of my career, my, my project was specific to the Iranian situation. But as I progress and, and based on my 
experiences and, and, and maturity, I came to the conclusion that, that I like to photograph the generalized aspects of the issues I see and, and the general economic conditions that exist in the world. I prefer a universal look at human issues rather than photographing in such a way that the outsider look at the photos and, and the condition and, and the people here with, with an exotic view and, and think the some uh, and think that, that something exceptional and, and special is going on here. It is true that, that each country is, is unique in in its socio-political structures. But but in the end, the economic construction of the new era has 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 become popular almost all over the world. And, and and this has caused us to face general and, and universal universal problems and I and, and crisis. And I think while looking at the characteristic of each country and, and region, we should also see common issues that connect many of us. For example, the very crisis of environment and climate change that is the subject of, of the project, it is a crisis without borders which unfortunately is, is, is happening rapidly all over the world. Actually, in recent years, I mostly tried to, to distance myself from orientalistic views. Yeah, I think your work often seems to be about communicating a certain atmosphere in many ways. So not just, I can see how you're not only speaking about a very specific local issue, but that it actually touches upon much larger topics that define our age. So yeah, this is really interesting how you are expanding on that. But maybe we could also zoom in a little on Cast Out of Heaven, because I think many of our listeners might be familiar with an elegy for the death of Hamun, uh, because it's part of Fong Talent, might actually not be familiar with, with this part of the trilogy. So what story did you want to tell with Cast Out of Heaven? Actually, an energy for the death of Hamun and cast out of heaven, as you told me, are two parts of as as as, as I said before, are two parts of my my trilogy, which deal with the subject of exile, isolation, restlessness, self alienation, and abandonment of of contemporary human beings. As I said in the climate change project, human beings, the people of that region, have been hopeless and weak when facing the nature, the nature which has previously been overused and exploited a lot by profit-seeking approaches of the minority there. The people of the region once lived together peacefully next to the fertile nature, but now they have been defeated by the infertile nature. And now in the project of housing crisis, all these structures have defeated human beings. They themselves happen to, to have created the structures in the past against the environment and against their own nature. And if you pay attention to, to this project, you will, you will see these structures are replacing the mountains and natural resources. All this leads me to conclusion that human beings have been alienated. And this is the main concept of my work. I'm also investigating some new definitions of contemporary exile in, in, in this project. 
it is a kind of forced rejection by the ruling structure. People have to move where they have always lived. The hardcore of metropolises is expelling its citizens because more and more people are unable to live in a metropolis like Tehran due to economic problems. Crisis of shelter and, and this forced rejection, which for me means the same as exile, is the same confusion that I have seen before in Sistan and Balchistan. I met many people in these satellite towns who told me that we were exiled here. Huh, so it's basically like you're, it's, it's like you're visualizing some kind of domino effect that once they lived in fertile places that gave them their livelihoods, then the nature turns infertile, which made them move to metropolises like Tehran. But then, you know, these cities, they become too expensive. It's not possible for people to survive there economically, which sort of exiles them again or abandons them to these satellite towns. That's So it's, it's, it's kind of... Um, forced relocation over and over again. I am really curious how this trilogy then will be finalized. Your work has been featured in numerous publications, including Sunday Times, the New York Times, Paris Match, and Nat Geo, yeah, you name it. I was wondering if you often work on assignment or does it often happen that your documentary approach makes autonomously created works interesting for these publications to publish? So in other words, do your autonomous projects like the ones we just discussed often come forth out of assignments or rather the other way around? In fact, my main priority is, is to work on projects and personal concerns that are independent and long-term. And I would like them to be completed and published first. Sometimes after the first publication, they were they, they are well received and and there are some suggestions I received from various publications, but I also have some suggestive assignments, which I accept if they are in line with my personal concerns and principles. Yeah, because you, you actually, you often work on really long-term projects. So for example, you also created a series on your grandmother depicting her life from cradle to grave, from which I understood at least. And this series, Madi, seems quite different to me compared to the works we just discussed. It's different in the aesthetics, but perhaps also because it's much more personal, not focused on depicting an area, atmosphere or social phenomena, but really on one person you loved. So could you tell us how this project came into being and how long did you actually work on this? Yes, I was mostly on long-term projects. And in fact, the long-term Madi project is also from a very deep and emotional relationship. Madi was the name I came up with as, as a child for my grandmother. And later on, the whole family called her by, by the same name. My family and I loved Madi a lot. But my relationship with, with, with her was much deeper. I had just gotten familiar with the camera and I was a completely amateur photographer who didn't know what visual storytelling was and, and didn't have an understanding of, of, the con of, of contemporary photography in the world. I took a single photo of whatever I liked. Madi happened to have a, a stroke those days and she lost her ability to speak for the rest of her life. 
it was like a kind of Alzheimer's disease. And actually, that, that was a very big shock for me and my family. Over time, my relationship with Madi got even deeper than before. Madi couldn't talk at all, but, but found a new sign language for herself. It was the language of the eyes. We gazed at each other for long hours and hours of dialect were exchanged without any words. She loved life and, and was always trying to postpone her, her death. And interestingly, the older she got and the more serious her illness became, the sweeter she became for us. Our relationship was getting so deep that my instinct, instincts told me that I had to picture her life without knowing and without knowing anything about photography. And then I started to narrate her story. At that time, there was no proper internet in Iran. And also now, to <laughs> yes, and to proper inter internet in Iran to to give me some some information about about contemporary photography. There was not a proper academy either. Everything I learned from photography was formed from the heart of of, of the Madi project. She gave me the opportunity opportunity to discover and 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 to experience i realized that that i was making progress with my intuition later on uh, intuition L later on those days the 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 presence of, of a camera in in our house was really no longer felt and it was part of the history itself the muddy the muddy project finally became a long-term project in, in which I told the story of my grandmother's struggle with, with this and her emotional relationship with relationship with, with my family in the last eight years of her life. Madi is my first long-term project and has played an important role in my career and has been the beginning of my growth. I am I always indebted to this project and Madi who gave me the courage to do photography. And it is and it is interesting that, that I still see her photos. I, I envy the honesty of all those moments. But maybe I I I I, I would I would have acted in, in, in a different way now because because of my present perfection. Maybe maybe I, I would even more relaxed and, and fearless but in any case, and this project is still in my heart. And, 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 and despite the fact that, that Madi has, has passed away for, for more than six years, this, pro this project is, is still alive for me. And, and, and I still discover deeper layers of her life. And, and given the fact that, that Madi had lived in Germany for, for, for many years, I'm, I'm I'm currently working on a, on a book about her. I'm, I'm going to, to her story in a personal and, and his, historical concept. Oh, wow. I'm, um, I'm really curious to see this book um, come to life. Anahita Habayan uh, wrote in a text on your work in Faux Magazine that one day, while you were actually studying architecture, 
you heard a sound from behind a closed door at the university. And when you opened the door out of curiosity, you were confronted with an amazing photograph by one of the frontline photographers of the Iran-Iraq war being projected onto a large screen for a class. That's, that's what she wrote. But what she didn't write in the text is whose photograph it actually was and what it exactly depicted, only that you were completely struck by it. So could you tell us about this photograph and why it actually made you decide to become a photographer? Yeah, that's right. But before that, I had been introduced to the phenomenon of photography and art by my mother. And my first serious encounter with a serious photo happened very unexpectedly and out of curiosity. And this curiosity was a turning point in my life and changed my life past forever. The power of that photo made me forget my favorite subject, architecture, despite my interesting in it. I think this encounter was, was a year before I started photographing my, my grandmother's life. I remember I had an important appointment with, with my friends. I told them to wait there for me. But when I interned to the hall, I, I could never make it again. I will never forget that, that photo. I was, I was affected with all my being. It was a photo of helpless and desperate Iranian living near the borders who had to leave their, their homes with their naked children. And, 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 and interestingly, it, it had exactly the same concept of exile and, and rejection. The photo that is still alive for me was taken by Mohammed Fanoud, the former photographer of Sifa Press. In fact, I don't know exactly why, I became a photographer, and I don't know why and this question makes me restless. I still don't know if my concern is just this medium or not, but I think it is the only tool by, by which I have been able to write poetry so far. I can express all my discover and feelings and emotions like a poem. It, it gives me the opportunity to, to discover the opportunity to know different aspects of, of my myself and, and my surroundings. I can go it when I need it. So far, it is my, my most serious language to express my feeling with, to my feeling with. And, and when I discover by my intuition, it is perhaps the most liberation moment I, I experience, which of course, I think is a feature of art. And according to Freud, the value of art as a source of joy and consolation has no limit in life. The enjoyment of, of beauty has a special character that, that creates a mild intoxication and, and something that, that helps us overcome life. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, because you just mentioned it as well, uh, that you actually, you studied architecture and participated in the photography foundation program at the same university in Australia. Uh, and in 2018, you also won a scholarship for the Danish School of Media and Journalism, where you carried out your postgraduate studies. So was it necessary in order to become an artist or photographer to obtain your studies abroad? Or how would you describe chances for emerging photographers or artists in, in Iran to develop their practice? 
Yes, uh, uh, but I, I must say that the university where I studied uh, is a branch of an Australian university in Iran, not in Australia. I studied architecture in Iran, but as I said, I learned photography on my own and with a lot of experience and, and effort and also a lot of trial and error because I could not ser seriously find a proper academy. By, by studying and, and searching nonstop, I, I was able to, to update myself to some extent. And, and, I, and I only participated in, in a few months photography course in Iran, which not only didn't pave the way for me, but I went the wrong way for a long time. I honestly have, have, to, have to say, to say that photographers in Iran are, are facing a serious lack of, of standard academy because there is nothing structurally available or is, is not allowed to be provided. We, we have a lot of talented photographers who mistakenly enter a wrong cycle, deficient structure and a stereotype loop. As a result, they are deprived of the opportunity to discover and reach liberation. Thanks to the internet, maybe in the, in the last few years, they have been able to make some progress. I, I was of no exception to this rule. And finally, when I, when I, when I had reached a, a relative maturity through my day-to-day -day efforts, I, I was able to attend both the one-year semester at, at, at the Danish School of Media and Journalism and one-year semester at the University of Hanover as an international student with, a, with a, a scholarship. That was a valuable experience for me. And, and regarding your questions, if I want to look at this issue from my perspective after these experiences, apart from academies, I think, Every artist needs to expand their work. They need to travel, interact, exchange information with other artists, try alternative approach, approaches, find, find the new sources of inspiration, be fed with them, and, and understanding exactly where in the world they are standing in order to, to criticize the work. And, and to and, and to compare themselves with contemporary standards and and finally reach their own personal and and inner idea this is my my opinion yeah at phone we have become aware that it can be very difficult for artists from iran to participate in open calls abroad such as a phone talent call for example because it can already be complicated to even pay submission fees to participate so do you have any ideas on how the art world can be more attentive to the needs of Iranian artists? So what are the main obstacles in your perspective to overcome? Yes, that's, that's right. Unfortunately, Iran is an isolated country and unwell, the, the conditions are much more difficult for the artists. Many exchanges and interactions have been taken away from us because of the, for example, banking problems. We miss the opportunity to subscribe to up-to-date and professional photography magazines, or even take part in many 
important competition or, or use grants such as the ones of National Geographic, even, even though it claims to have no border and it uses our photos, but does not allow Iranian photographers to, to participate in them because, because of, for example, sanction against Iran. Access to the international art book is, is very difficult. And many of us need to, to flip through some, some new art books to, to, design, to design our books, touch the paper and measure the cut of the book. Or even many, many of the assignments are, are cut off in the middle of Bay suddenly because of these problems. Or it even takes us a long time to, to get our expenses back. It has even happened for, for the winning photographers not to be paid many cash prices. And other limitations that affect the quality of the art process. Mm. Yeah, that sounds really challenging. And I guess the, the solutions are not really ready at hand. But it is inspiring that you still seem to find your way through the maze of obstacles you're facing. And um, well, we just spoke about this photograph that inspired you to pursue this path. And could you tell us something about other inspirations to your practice? What keeps you going? Yes, actually, I have been inspired by by the mediums like cinema, painting, and theater more than more than photography. And I use I, and I use them in my own media. These mediums have had a great impact on the development of the evolution and growth of my art for my storytelling and, and mysterious expression and, and suspension of, of my work. In fact, cinema is the best source I always refer to. For example, in the, in the field of cinema, I can mention uh, Michel Haneke or, or, or Bellatar and, or Abbasikiro Sami. Angelo Polos and, and, and many others. Or, or, or in the field of painting, I can mention uh, David Hackney, Francois Millet, Edward Hooper, Van Gogh, and, and many others. And if I want to mention anybody in the mid medium of photography, actually at the beginning of the career, most of the classic war photographers like like Abbas were, were really inspiring to me. And of course, they are still admirable. But since I, I, I reached uh, maturity, my, my, my view has, has changed a bit. For example, I have followed Caroline Drake before, the, before she, she became a member of Magnum and, and when she was in, in Pumice Pictures. She has, she, has, she has done documentary photography seriously since then and her approach has, has become more artistic. I think her artistic character is attractive uh, because I feel she's herself and, and does not pretend in the first place. I am, I, am, I am very fascinated by her spirit of empiricism and, and the evolution of her thought and work. I, 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 I remember some years ago, I saw one of her photos, which I think was in her project of two rivers that moved me a lot. It was a very ordinary photo of lamp that seemed to be hanging off the ceiling. The true meaning of suspension in photography and storytelling became more tangible for me and it opened a new door to me. 
It's fascinating to hear so many sources of inspiration and also that the field of cinema has been such an important source of inspiration to you. This actually brings me to the fact that you are also a filmmaker yourself, but personally, I haven't been able to see any of your films. So could you tell us something about the films you make and when and how did that practice come into fruition? And my interest in filmmaking has come from experience in theater. I, I have had many experiences as an actor in, in, in the theater. As a performer, I have participated in several festivals, both in Iran and, and abroad. And along with that, my, my photography has, has also made me more interested in filmmaking. I have had the experience of making um, some short films and I have been present in the Iranian independent cinema as a director of photography and an artistic director. Recently, I have been focusing more on photography and my trilogy project and finishing my books. After all this, I, I see my artistic excellence and, and my storytelling in the cinema. And I'm waiting for an opportunity to finally make my first feature film. And by the way, my last assignment Tehran Close City was, was a short documentary on Tehran's atmosphere during coronavirus period for the New Yorker. Ah, that's interesting. So we can actually look it up and finally see something of your filmmaking. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> uh, I also hope that we won't have to wait too long for that opportunity that you can actually make your first feature film. That would be great. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So, and what are you currently working on? I'm currently working on different ideas. And, and because of my playful spirit and experience, I like to follow the process of trial and error. And since I don't want to just move within my comfort zone, recently I have planned to connect all my past projects to reach a, a surreal narrative in the form of a book. And as I said, I am also working on my, on my grandmother's book. And I'm thinking about the idea of stage photography. And, and most importantly, I have started the process of researching and practicing the third part of my trilogy. But unfortunately, everything has been postponed because of the pandemic. Considering the history of oil in Iran and the countries of the region, the third part of my trilogy is the oil story, which I think is one of the most important parts of this trilogy that is supposed to complete it. And I think my approach is a little more artistic than before. Due to the pandemic, I have not particularly done anything practical in the field yet. And at the moment, the final approach is not clear and I cannot say anything more. But I'm also working on the first two parts of my trilogy. I personally strongly believe in the magic of time and in, in long-term projects. And I think time plays an important role here. On, on each trip, I still have the opportunity to discover because both I'm changing and my knowledge has, has deepened. Later on, along with the climate change project, I will work and a completely different concept will have different approach in another episode, which I will definitely show if it becomes a little more complete. 
Wow, there's still so much that's, that we will see and, and hear from you. I mean, the finalization of your trilogy, films, new projects, and books that are in the making. So really can't wait to see all that you're still going to, to create and produce and show to the world. So Hashem, thank you so much for, for your time and, and your um, thoughtful answers to my questions. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for invitation. It is a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Phone Talks with Hashem Shakiri. Keep an eye on Phone's social media for the next one. Bye.